All right. Why is there something gross happening? I got nothing. Listen, listen. No, you're what? All right, so we're finishing part three of the Follow Me series, and I've asked you guys two questions so far. The first one was, are you called? Are, are you hungry? Like, do you want to grow? Do you, do you hear the voice of the Lord calling to you and saying, this is the way, this is my life, I give to you, I offer to you? Um, are you called? Is the Holy Spirit moving inside your heart? Um, and then in, in week two, I asked you guys, um, I asked you, how, how do we follow Jesus? And what does that look like? And we talked about having Jesus as our Savior, who saves us from our sins, but also Jesus as our Lord, who reigns over our lives here on earth. And he's given us a call to obey and to follow. And so part of following Jesus is obeying. And tonight, if you're going to obey, if you're going to follow Jesus, if you're going to listen to what he says and do what he says, the next question that I think all of us ask at some point in our lives is, is it worth it? Is it worth it to give up what the world is telling me life is worth living for, to give all that up and to follow what Jesus says life is living for and to live a life in that manner? That's a question uh, that I was asking um, a few weeks ago, um, about 10 days ago, actually, I, I was asking this question. But I first want to start, before I dive into that story, I want to start with Scripture. I want to read to you a piece of what Jesus said right to his disciples. He, he, his disciples, those who are following him, he's speaking to them, and he's about to send them out to go on mission, to go and to follow him and to, and to go out into the nations and to share um, the love that they've experienced and, and what they know about Jesus. And so they're, they're, he's about to send them out to do the work of Jesus. And he says these words to them, um, and this is what he says to them. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. Whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Essentially saying, whoever follows me, I will stand by before my Father in heaven. And whoever doesn't, I'll stand against before my Father in heaven. And he continues, do not think that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I've not come to bring peace, but a sword. I've come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. This is God's word. This is the most important thing spoken tonight. And so we see a few things that Jesus is saying. And so if you're here and you're like, I'm called. I want to know how to follow. Okay, I've learned how to follow. I'm going to obey. Okay, is it worth following this guy? And Jesus says, hold up. Before you follow me, let me tell you something. You need to love me. You need to love me more than you love your mom and dad. You need to love me more than you love your sons and daughters. You need to love me more than anything. You need to love me more than your life. And you need to pick up your cross and follow me to the cross, on the cross. Die with me on the cross. Be buried with me in the grave. That's what Jesus calls you to. That's what a life of obeying Jesus looks like. The world will hate you, but he will love you. But if you live your life for the world, the world will love you, but he will not know you. And when your life ends, he would say to you, I never knew you before his father. But if you follow him, 
and you take up your cross and go with him to the grave, he will look at you and say, I do know you. You are my brother, my sister. So two weeks ago, I opened, about 10 days ago, I opened up my Snapchat for the first time in a very long time. I haven't opened it up in months. And I clicked on my memories. And what showed up in my memories were pictures and videos of my daughter Blakely in the hospital two years ago. The videos and pictures consisted of moments of loving on her while she was intubated, which is essentially a machine that was keeping her breathing, keeping her alive. At nine months of her life, when she was nine months old, she was fighting for her life, suffering every day and breaking day by day. These pictures and videos showed the incredible hard moments of watching a baby die, but also the incredible beautiful moments of watching people love even when death is snuffing out life. And in faith, I remember that season. I remember in that season having faith, and this is what I believed. I believed that Jesus will resurrect Blakely. And I believed that Jesus was going to save her. And I believed that Jesus was going to give her eternal life. And I believed that he would be with her and she would be with him. And so because we had this faith and we knew that Jesus died on the cross, was buried in the grave, and rose on the third day, because we knew that there was resurrection after death, we knew that her life would be better. We had faith, and we decided to turn off the machine. But it was not faith of our own. It was faith of our church and our community leading us and telling us, like, you can have hope even in death. You can believe even in death. And I remember looking and thinking about how in the world were we able to do that? How in the world were we able to sit with doctors who told us your daughter is um, dying and she's, she's not going to recover from this? Um, in order for her to recover, we would have to keep her on a machine the rest of her life. And for us as parents to have to make the decision that, all right, enough is enough. It's time to let her go. It's time to turn it off. But to make that decision still have hope and still to believe. We believe what Jesus said in that moment. On February 18th, 2007, um, 2018, we believe that whoever finds his life will lose it. I let, we believe this. This is what Jesus told us, and we, we held him to it. And we said, and whoever loses his life for Jesus' sake will find it. We believed him, and we believed that letting Blakely go, giving her life up, that in her passing, that she would have eternal life. We believed and trusted Jesus that if we let her go, that if we gave her up and we gave everything up right then and now, that if we trusted him, that she would be far more safe in his arms, far more loved in his arms, far more at peace and at rest with Jesus than with us here on earth. But when I watched those Snapchat videos 10 days ago, and I reflected on the suffering that I had felt since her death, and the grief that comes with it, the pain that I'll always feel, that she is no longer here. The pain of always feeling like something's missing inside. The pain of never getting to wash her hair again. The pain of getting to never give her kisses again. The pain of never getting to hold her again. And I wondered to myself, and I questioned in my heart, in my heart, and this is what I thought, is it worth it? As I was watching those videos of her, alive on the machine, I was just like, is it worth it? Is it worth giving up your daughter, your child, your family, to follow Jesus. Two weeks ago in the middle of the night, I sat feeling stuck, 
feeling regret, feeling shame, wishing that Blakely was still here, wishing that I kept her alive at all costs, doubting my faith, my decision to trust Jesus. I felt like my brain was on a loop. I couldn't get out of the loop. I felt like I was glitching inside and I couldn't see past the pain. I couldn't see past the hurt and I couldn't see any hope. And so what I did was I couldn't go to sleep. I couldn't rest. I was so nervous and so anxious. I couldn't do anything um, but simply cry. And what I did is I prayed. I just prayed. Not just something led inside of me and said, just, you got nothing left. You might as well just bring it up to the Lord. And so I just said, God, are you there? Do you hear me? Is it worth it? I asked God, is it worth it? Is this worth doing, worth living? Because if it's not, I'm just done. I just don't want to do it. I want to quit my job. I want to quit everything and just do whatever I feel like because I'm tired. I'm tired. And you know, when you pray, you know, you feel like sometimes you're just talking to yourself. Well, I felt like I was just talking to myself. But it was so deep inside me, I was just wrecked. Have you guys ever felt this way? Have you ever felt like in a moment like this? Maybe today you're suffering with depression. I don't know what you're going through. And you wonder in your heart, is it worth it to follow Jesus? Is it worth it to stay alive? Maybe you're walking through same-sex attraction here tonight and you know that following Jesus means that you have to give that up what your heart deeply wants and you wonder is it worth it to follow Jesus if I never act if I never can fall in love and get married and have a family Jesus says to us love me so much love me more than your mom and dad your spouse and your kids is it worth it to follow Jesus maybe you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and deep down you know that you um, don't actually deeply love them. You're just using them for your own security, for your own pleasure, for your own use to make yourself feel better. There's someone who you can call on so you don't feel lonely, text. And you know it's wrong, and you know that this isn't the way that a relationship should look like, but you're just stuck in it. But you know that if, in order to follow Jesus, you can't just do that. So you wonder to yourself, is it worth following Jesus and giving this up, this security. Maybe you struggle with pornography. You think to yourself that you're not hurting anyone, but deep down you know it's wrong. You feel guilty. You feel shame for it. And you know that in order to follow Jesus means you have to give that up, that security, that feeling of freedom, that feeling of release, that feeling of, of, of not having so much pressure on you, that feeling of just feeling good for five minutes. You have to give that up. And is it worth following Jesus and that? Maybe you hate your parents, your siblings, your ex-friends, and you know that to follow Jesus, you must forgive them or ask them for forgiveness. But there's no way you could ever forgive them, right? You just don't want to do it. And there's no way you would ever ask them to forgive you, right? But you know to follow Jesus means doing that. Is it worth following Jesus? What is your pain tonight? What is your suffering? What are your secrets and the truths you hide about yourself? What do you do over and over again and know it's wrong, but you keep doing it anyways? What are the things that actually make you feel worse instead of better? What are the things that make you addicted, that keep you hooked? What are the things that you're not willing to give up? Jesus says, give those things up for me. But not just that. He says, give up your very life. He goes even further. I, don't, I really hope, I really want to make this super clear. To follow Jesus is to give up your whole life. On February 15, 2015, 20 Egyptian Christians were beheaded. 
They were beheaded because they followed Jesus. They were beheaded because they refused to say that they didn't believe in him anymore. They continued to believe. They were willing to give up everything their whole life to follow him. And I ask you tonight, are you willing to give up everything to follow Jesus? Is Jesus worth it to you? Do you love Jesus more than anything? And I asked myself that 10 days ago. I was struggling. I was like, do I love him more than anything? I want to tell you about a man named Peter who was a follower of Jesus, okay? He was a disciple, and he was asked this very same question by Jesus, okay? You, you listen to me. This is so good, all right? You've got to hear this about Peter because this is something that I really needed to hear, all right? And when Jesus was on trial to be crucified, okay, Peter, who had spent many years with Jesus, went to his trial. None of the other disciples went to his trial, but Peter did. And then they recognized him in the trial. They recognized, hey, isn't that someone who follows Jesus? And Peter knows that if he answers yes to this question, then he would be killed. He would give up his entire life. He would lose his life. And Peter was asked three times, aren't you one of the men that followed Jesus? And three times he said, no, I don't even know that man. I just read to you that if you Jesus said, if you deny me, I will deny you before my father. Peter just denied Jesus three times before Jesus and others. And this is a Peter, this is a man, who, I mean, wouldn't we give anything to see this? We saw Jesus perform, he saw Jesus perform miracles. Peter saw Lazarus raised from the dead. Peter saw the blind see. Peter saw the mute speak. Peter saw the, the waves, the storm calmed. And then Jesus said, hey, come out, walk on the water. And then Peter walked on the water with Jesus, which is physically impossible. And then when Peter was asked, do you follow Jesus? He said, no. I don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's worth following Jesus. I don't think it's worth giving up my whole life. If I were Peter, if you were Peter, what would you have said? What would you have done? Did you realize that to follow Jesus means giving up your whole life, giving up everything? It costs you everything. So as I looked in those memories, and I questioned, is Jesus worth it? Is this Christianity thing, Christianity thing real? Have you ever asked that? Is God real? Is this really something that's real? Did Jesus really rise from the dead, right? Because if he doesn't rise from the dead, it's not worth it. You, if he's not resurrected, then this is all fake and a fraud and not real, and we all better enjoy it right while we can because there's nothing, there's nothing for us. It really does come down to this point. It's whether or not he is still alive. And I thought, if he is alive, then it is worth it. If Jesus rises from the dead, then I will follow him into death. I will give my life up. I will give it all away. I asked God to give me a sign as I was praying. I don't know if any of you have ever done this. I don't know if it's a good thing to do. I just did. I said, please just give me a sign. Show me that this is true. And that, this is, and that is when I thought about Peter. This is when I thought about Peter and the disciples. I need you guys to understand this. The disciples abandoned Jesus. The disciples never went to Jesus' grave where he was buried. They followed him during the moments of victory and the moments of miracles, but they were not with him when he was crucified, and they did not follow him to the end. They didn't think Jesus was worth it. These are people who actually saw him and lived with him. How hard is it, it is then for us who have never actually seen him in person? Jesus dies on the cross. He is buried. And none of his, his disciples go to this grave. 
But then something happens. What happens when Jesus dies? And then what happens to the lives and the, of the disciples? I want to read to you what happens to the disciples. James, son of Zebedee, killed by Herod. Why? Because he followed Jesus. I want to tell you, Andrew, crucified for following Jesus. Thomas, killed by spears for following Jesus. Philip, killed by being pierced by iron hooks in his ankles and being hung upside down for following Jesus. All he had to do was deny Jesus and he would be fine. Bartholomew, believed to be killed by whippings. He was just whipped over and over again until his life left him. Jude, crucified for following Jesus. Matthias, stoned and beheaded for following Jesus. James, stoned and clubbed to death for following Jesus. Matthew, stabbed to death for following Jesus. Paul, killed by the Roman emperor for following Jesus. Peter, Peter, Peter. This is the kicker. Listen, this is the kicker. Crucified on the cross, upside down. Why? Because he believed in Jesus. Peter, who denied Jesus three times when Jesus went to the cross. What happened to him? What changed from Peter, who denied him three times, to Peter, who dies on a cross upside down? What happens? What happens to a man who says, I'm not willing to die for you now, but then all of a sudden, after he's dead, he's willing to die for him? Guys, what happened? What happened? This is what I realized. Jesus had to have risen from the dead. There's no way that 12 men, all of them, would die to the grave for a man who's already dead. There's just no way. No one dies for lies. No one. At the end of the day, no one goes to the grave just on a lie. At that time, there was no reason to die. Christianity wasn't even a big religion. Not nearly as big as it is today. It was so small. It didn't, like, no one cared about Christianity. No one cared about Jesus at the time. But there's these 12 guys talking all the time about Jesus. And then they die. And you would think it would, if they, that's why they killed them. They're like, we'll kill this religion now. But as they killed them, it was as if fire spread throughout the whole world. As people realize that this was real. Jesus really is alive. These disciples saw Jesus after he had died. Okay? That's why they changed. Jesus is alive. Follow him. That should change your life. That's enough for me. It is worth it. I love what Jesus does with Peter after he's risen from the dead. You know what Jesus does with Peter? He actually goes and eats breakfast with Peter. And he says, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes, Jesus, I do. And Peter says, tend my sheep. Okay. And then Jesus says, hey, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes, I love you, Lord. And Jesus says, feed my sheep. All right, Lord. And then Jesus says a third time. Did you catch it? Peter, do you love me? And Peter realizes what Jesus is doing. 
Jesus is forgiving him. Peter says, yes, Lord, I love you. Jesus says, feed my sheep. He says, follow me. I have been Peter, and I was Peter 10 days ago. I was Peter denying Jesus three times on the cross, Peter. But then I encountered the Peter and the Jesus relationship where Jesus, where Jesus came to me and forgave me of my sins and my doubt and my lack of faith. I've chosen so many times to have fun, to enjoy pleasures that are against God's will, to numb, to forget, but only to find myself feeling dead on the inside. A few weeks ago, looking at the pain and suffering of my daughter, I wondered, is it worth following Jesus? Did I make the right decision to give up my daughter? Did I give the right, make the right decision to give up my life, to give up my career, and to be a youth pastor? And the words that I felt Jesus say to me through my prayers, I felt, I actually felt these words spoken to me. He said, yes, your daughter is with me, and I am with her, and I am with you. Follow me, Michael. So my question to you is, will you follow Jesus, the living Jesus? I'm going to ask you to bow your head real quick. And if you're a Christian here today, 